Hello, welcome back and thank you for joining us. This is our great and glorious King Ministries podcast, The Truth About Everything, and I am your host, Khalik. This is episode number 12, and we will be discussing greatness. Now, greatness is seen as an attribute of man. It is believed to be something that can be achieved by human effort. And the degree of greatness is usually based on the intensity of that effort. So we'll be challenging this thought. We'll be looking into it a little deeper and we'll be asking a couple of questions. Is is hard work and determination enough to generate greatness? Um, How was grace? How was greatness acquired and how was this sustained? What is greatness? Where does it come from and what is its purpose? You know, greatness is something we all work to obtain, but it is not something that can be achieved through tenacity alone. Human ability, no matter how superb, cannot produce greatness without the corroboration of the power of God. Greatness does not emerge from us. It is not an intrinsic feature of man. It's an attribute of God. It isn't something that we can give to ourselves. It is assigned to us by God, who is the source of greatness. Think about a famous entertainer or athlete. Others work just as hard as they do, but will never reach that particular level of superiority. No matter the depths that we study them and try to replicate their achievements by adapting their training routine and their lifestyle, it is impossible to carbon copy the level of greatness they operate in through sheer human ability. Let's understand greatness is not a consequence of human labor. Greatness is an affirmation of a spiritual mandate. But there is a cost for greatness. There is a price that must be paid in order to achieve and sustain it. If it were ours to summon at the command of our deepest desire, why must we pay for it in blood, sweat and tears? You're not charged for something that you possess, but you are willing to pay for something that you want. And the deeper the desire, the higher the value, the higher the value, the more you're willing to give up to access it. Although God handpicks those that he has given the opportunity for greatness to, a large number of them will never attain it or either receive it and fall from its graces. Some will see the vision, they will hear the call, but they will never achieve what they have been called to. They have allowed fear, other people's opinions, and challenging situations to lead them to a state of unbelief and steal what God has called them to. Others will accept the call, do the work, and become great, but will never experience the fullness of greatness due to their defilement of it. Because they wish to use greatness to gain glory for themselves by desiring worship from the world because of it. Now, being that God is omniscient, why doesn't he just bypass those that he knows will reject greatness and work only with those that have what it takes to get things done? You know, let's be clear. Everyone that God calls has what it takes. If they did not, he would not have called them. God doesn't ignorantly assign us to tasks that we are incapable of doing. But he does, through his wisdom, call us to tasks that are impossible of doing without him. The cost of greatness is too high for many, 
too much that they are going to have to give up, too much that has to be altered, too much that must be refined. You know, Les Brown said it best when he said that the graveyard is the richest place on earth because it is here that you will find all the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled. The books that were never written, the songs that were never sung, the inventions that were never shared, the cures that were never discovered, all because someone was too afraid to take the first step or keep with the problem and determined that they would not carry out their dream. You know, how many were sent before Martin Luther King? How many before Obama? How many before Oprah? Warren Buffett, Steve Jobs that never took advantage of the greatness that God offered to them. How many missed their chance to do great things, to make a difference, to greatly inspire others to listening to their call? The power is in the activity of greatness and the person that it rests on carries out those activities. Similar to um, David Banner, the power of the hawk rests within him. It never leaves. No matter if the hawk surfaces or if he's or not. He's still there. Uh, The Hawk will never cease to exist as long as David Banner exists. When David Banner taps into that power of the Hawk, it allows him to experience life in a way that is impossible without that power. It is the same way with us in greatness. When God shares with you a vision for the greatness he has called you to, he is sharing what rides on a vibration that is unknown to us and emanates from a place that is unknown to us. God is sharing with you his plans, his wisdom, the future and your place in it. Then he drops you back into this world where the vision seems ridiculous for you to believe. And he challenges you to continue to trust what he shared with you right in the reality of it being outrageously impossible for you to place any confidence in. But this is how God presents greatness to us. It is presented in such a way and during such a time in our lives that it is difficult to fathom. Now, this is the point where Many people abandon ship when they consider it for themselves. They determine that it's impossible. Or when they share it with friends and loved ones, they determine that it's impossible for them. The error is we're expecting to have to accomplish the task on our own. What God shows us seems incomprehensible to accomplish, but don't be discouraged by that fact. It should seem that way. It should seem illogical. It should look outrageous and you should feel somewhat foolish for even believing that it's possible. Understand it was created and handed to you by God who is not confined to the boundaries of human logic. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. The way you think, the way you respond is not the way God thinks and responds. We think and respond with limited vision, insight and wisdom because what we're working with is inadequate to comprehend the mind of God. We can't plan for eternity because we can't accurately discern eternity nor operate in it. We can only plan for lifetimes. Our plans are based on the concept of time and human ability. 
God's work is not bound by restrictions. There are no stipulations to his power, no kryptonite to his mightiness. His power and authority are without rivalry. He is not only the wisest, but the source of wisdom. He operates in and plans for eternity. So don't give up when he shows you the greatness that is in store for you. It is from an infinite mind, so it should be impossible for us to comprehend with our limited human minds. There should be doubt. There should be disbelief and conflict with reality. But as you begin to look at it for what it is and who it comes from, then things should begin to come uh, into more clarity. Habakkuk 2.3 says, For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. The cost of greatness will produce stress in your relationships with friends and loved ones because they will attempt to influence you to abandon what God has called you to, to doubt it, to believe that you are incapable of having what God said is yours or to forfeit God's blessing of greatness due to your insubordination. You have to separate yourself from people, situations and places that are not conducive to your calling. Understand that certain blessings are not released to you until you come into contact with the right people and others are withheld because you are connected to the wrong people. You will have to consistently check for, recognize and distance yourself from those that are against the work of God. The activity of the dark forces of Satan will not stop until you are utterly defeated meaning dead, both spiritually and physically. So never rest in the fact that you exist in a moment of peace. Use that time to train up and prepare yourself for the next battle. Accepting the cause of greatness is an act of worship. It's enlisting in the battle of spiritual warfare, fighting to claim the greatness that God has called you to. But the fight is not against or for you. You're the same powerless person that you were before you received the call to greatness. The difference now is that God's power rests on you because he has given you a task to fulfill. It's a call to the ministry of your purpose. And Satan wants to stop whatever God has going on and to snuff out any ray of light that exists. And so you're just collateral damage. Greatness costs. There will be trouble. There will be challenges. There will be hard times. There will be a fight. Anyone who believes greatness comes easily doesn't understand what greatness is. Greatness is not cheap. It's not easily attained. You don't go to a Rolls Royce dealer looking for a new phantom on clearance. No, because greatness is invaluable and what it costs is what it takes to get it. There are no negotiations or bartering, no deals that can be made for greatness because it doesn't need you. You need it. Greatness adds value to you. It grants you access to what you can attain on your own. Greatness opens you up to things that are only available to the one that it rests on. There will be a test, not so God can see what you would do but so that you can recognize and eliminate your faults and your weaknesses. 
The test is not for God's benefit, but for yours. God doesn't need to perform tests to discover who you are or what you're about. God knows you. He created you. But we don't know ourselves quite as deeply as we claim. We tend to think of ourselves as, you know, moral, kind and loyal people. But in the right stressful situation, when it's do or die, the realness comes out. And when the deficiency in character is exposed, it must be eliminated like a vaccine on a flu virus before it infects not only you, but everything that you touch and everyone that comes into contact with you. You know, I believe myself to be a pretty honest guy, a trustworthy person. But there came a time in my life when my back was against the wall. I lost my job, had no money, and I had two children at home to take care of, to provide for. So with no money in my pocket and very few options on what I could do in order to provide for them and as the man in the house, I went out and I stole. I'm not proud of it, but this is this is what happened. I stole to get my kids what they needed, to put food on the table, to put a, keep a roof over our heads. You know, I never thought in a million years that I would um, have considered myself to be a thief or even be capable of doing that stuff. I had never stolen anything before, but when the situation presented itself and under those stressful situations, this is what I chose to do. But I had to rid myself of that deficiency because it had the intent to ruin our lives and to destroy us rather than advance us. Greatness will cost you the glory and praise that your flesh desires because it transcends the one it was assigned to. It benefits people that you will never meet, inspires people that you will never personally speak to and blesses those that are in need of a sign from God. And don't envy someone else's greatness. Each issuing of greatness, each call to greatness is as unique as the person that is called to carry it out. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions, concerns or prayer requests, you can reach us on our website through our website at OGGKMinistries.org. This has been our Great and Glorious King Ministries podcast, The Truth About Everything. Thank you and God bless.